Hi there. My name is Preston Puto. Welcome to the Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. This is where we share some of our messages from Sunday mornings. So we're glad you're here to listen. We'd love for you to join us in person. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. At our core, we're a community of people. So we gather on Sundays, but we also do a lot in the week together. We are people learning to follow Jesus and love our city. So to learn more, visit lakeridgecommunity.com. Hope to check in and visit with you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening. And again, the presenter, I don't totally have the fact check on this but suggested that we actually experience life quakes or life tsunamis every five to eight years. And and here's the thing, as I look at that, and as I looked at that in the midst of that retreat, this was the question that started to, to just sort of nag at me. It became a splinter in my mind. If that, and it actually rings true for me, I started mapping out. That is, like, again, well, there was that 10-year window where maybe it wasn't that turbulent or that disruptive. But as I look at the last 15 to 20 years of my life, this actually rang true. And I'd be curious, and we could talk after the service about whether that's true for you. But if, in fact, that is true... Why am I so blinking addicted to thinking that peace and calm are actually the reality I'm looking for? Why am I so stinking pain averse, disruption inoculated, that I can't actually see that maybe That is reality. And that peace and calm, while maybe for a moment, is not. And what might Jesus, what might our loving Heavenly Father say to us about living in the midst of that reality? Might the call of Jesus be such That we not avoid this, but that we embrace this in a new way and learn something about our identity. I mean, I love these texts. These were, were for me, guiding texts as we lived through the midst of the pandemic. I mean, I won't, but I could tell you stories about disruption. I could tell you stories of life quake that I experienced from 2019 till sometime last fall. And I know they're still going on, but I kept coming back to these texts where I found myself in them as Jesus in the Gospel of Mark um, takes the boys out for a ride on the sea. I wonder where might we, in the context of life's disruptions, find ourselves in this story. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. 
leaving the crowd behind. They took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. You getting this? Jesus is taking a nap. Any uh, family systems folks in the room? Jesus is experiencing non-anxious presence, NAP, to a very high degree in this moment. They woke him up, not experiencing non-anxious presence. Teacher, do you not care that we are dying? We are perishing. Waking up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, be silent, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I mean, do you find yourself in that text somewhere? I mean, I know Preston in this series at some point talked about um, a covenant emphasis on the centrality of God's word. We actually take seriously God's living word, the way it speaks to us, but it also speaks for us. One of the ways I love scripture is the reality that not only do we read it, but it reads us. I wonder this morning, Lake Ridge, where, where do you as an individual find yourself in this text? I mean, I could have thrown up Rembrandt's uh, sort of classic picture of the disciples out in the midst of the storm, each one sort of scrambling to do their own thing, managing their anxiety in their own way, and Jesus in the back of the boat napping. I did that in the pandemic for a number of our pastors. Can you identify who you are and where you're at in this boat? I, I wonder what... What is your response to Jesus' take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Is that a word of scolding? In response to your experience of life's disruptions? Is it an invitation to take courage? I'm with you. I mean, fast forward, um, the disciples clearly hadn't figured it all out in this moment. Uh, next slide. So that was Mark 4. Uh, sorry, actually, I think I read the second one first. Uh, go back to Mark 4. Here's the other one. We can flip. I can roll with it. Like I said, we went to the fridge. We're picking up what we got. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. Is 
is like the this is the same text with a different what's going on here? This is me. These are my slides. All right. I should make you guys read this one, but I won't. <clears throat> Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat, go ahead to the other side to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came toward them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. That's a reference to uh, the five loaves and three fish that had happened just before Jesus sent them out. Again, I might ask you, Lake Ridge, what resonates with you in this text? Where do you find yourself as a community or as an individual in the midst of this engagement? I mean, for myself, they are so appropriately freaking out that they don't actually see Jesus for who he is when he comes to them. It is the ultimate case of mistaken identity. In fact, they ratcheted it up. As if things weren't bad enough and the sea's against us, now, like, ghosts are coming to us. I mean, how many of us uh, have ever experienced what we might call as a freakout in the face of life's disruptions? totally own it but here's the thing in Jesus's exhortation in Jesus's words take courage it is I I am here this is what I'm sitting with in this moment as a Christ follower why is it that I am so quick to define my identity and my reality by the reality of the circumstances that I find myself in, as opposed to my identity in Christ. I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, this is the congregation participants, participation section of the sermon. What do we know to be true about who Jesus is and who Jesus says we are? Who does Jesus say we are? We're his children. We're beloved. Come on. We're worthy. We sang some of these lyrics like you can draw from the songs we sang this morning. He'll never leave us. We can trust him. 
We're forgiven. He's in our heart. He's intimately involved in our lives. Psalm 139. He knows the very hairs of our head. And yet, and maybe it's only me in this room, I keep being defined by the crazy, chaotic disruptions of my life, and I keep forgetting that I am called, I am beloved, I am chosen, that the creator of the cosmos knows me by name and is with me. And this isn't just a little story about the disciples going out on the lake. Friends, make no mistake, when you are diagnosed with cancer, it is scary. It is an appropriate human response to freak out. But when do we come back to the rooted reality of a God who says, I am with you? You want to talk about something that's haunting me. I'm like, is, is that really where I live? Am I so addicted to being like self everything? I can do it. I mean, for all the toy stories. I mean, Duke Kaboom. Yes, you Canada. No toy stories. Like, are we so addicted to that that we can't honestly acknowledge our dependence and our need for Jesus? Not to produce, like, calm, not to calm the storm, but to actually invite us into his rest. Because this is what I've been sitting with, is that some of our notions, not only about avoiding disruption, are messed up, but so too are some of my notions and ideas about Jesus. Jesus does not offer our rest as a state of like the absence of chaos. Jesus actually says in Matthew 11, come to me and I will be your rest. Friends, you think about this one this week. Jesus doesn't say that rest or peace is a state of being. Jesus makes the very bold claim that rest is a person. That Jesus himself offers us himself to be rest for us. And to whatever extent we live in relationship with Jesus, we are living in relationship with the truth of rest. Are you with me? Does anyone in the house need a little break today? I mean, here's the mixed bag. It's both horrific and good news. It's gospel today. These, whoa, I'm getting animated. It must have been Duke Kaboom. <laughs> These things will not change. They won't go away. As much as you might want them to go away, they won't. And it's going to be personal. And it's going to be involuntary. And I totally resonate because I'm a young 49. But the older I get, the more things seem involuntary as they happen to me. That's not going to change. But neither does our identity and our presence in Jesus. And 
this is good news. I was going to, um, yeah, I'm going to call an audible. I know the Super Bowl was last weekend, but I was going to do a little discourse on like, so one of the disruptions that I think a lot of churches have been experiencing is how to actually have civil conversations and religious discourse. You know, like how can Flames and Oilers fans coexist in the same kind of space? Um, I'm going to just offer this as a teaser Someday, if I wasn't too crazy today, I'll come back and I would love to talk about finding peaceful ways to uh, do life well when we don't exactly agree with the people around us or see things exactly the same way. I'd be happy to come back to that. But I want to come back to Jesus. So let's make that slide go away. Friends, I love this story. Again, it's my friend Rob Lone from Vantage Point. Maybe some of you have done the journey. But he tells a story of this uh, woman going to see Henry Nouwen. Any Nouwen fans in the room? He went to a lecture uh, when Nouwen was traveling with his prodigal son uh, exhibit. And they were going with Prince of Rembrandt's painting. And Nouwen's done this lecture and there's this incredible artwork and then they do a Q&A section afterwards. And Nowen uh, is interacting with people, and this mother of a junior high son starts pouring out her heart about all the pain. For all I know, it might have been my wife. She was at that lecture too. I needed that. She's just pouring out her mind and her heart about what it's like to care well for her son. And Nowen... Uh, according to Rob, dropped the line of the night in that moment. And he looked at that woman and said, the greatest gift you can offer your son is the gift of being a growing person yourself. The problems, friends, is not being so caught up in the wind and the waves and the disruptions of our lives that we forget who we really are and whose we really are. That's to be human. But the invitation is to recenter, to reroute, to reground ourselves in the reality of who Jesus is. That is my a very quick, snappy translation of what is faith. Faith is believing who God is. That uh, sorry, faith is believing God is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he'll do. And we're not abandoned. We're not forsaken. We're not cast away. Wilson. We are found. We are loved in the midst of the storm. And Jesus says, take courage. I am with you. Lakeridge, you have been through your own season of disruption. Some of it voluntary. Some of it involuntary. Some of it's personal. Some of it's impersonal. It's communal. You share it all together. How are you processing that? You're in a season of change, and change brings with it opportunity, but change also brings loss, and loss brings grief. And grief that is not attended to has a funny way of doing weird things in us, and then it, like, 
becomes like aliens or something, and it's popping out of our chest, and we start doing weird things. Again, you're not alone. I mean, here is a side tangent as I've sat with this, like, so, okay, so, like, if I really were to take this seriously, and Jesus is coming to be with me, and Jesus actually has proximity and relationship for me in the midst of life's storm, like, where is he? Friends, I, I think we actually maybe experienced something of the presence of Jesus during the prayers of the people there. Because I think more than, don't quote me on this, I don't actually care so much about our identity as a covenant church. I care deeply about our identity as the people of God. And when the people of God show up, God shows up. When Jesus says, I am with you, it actually may be through the body of Christ. I mean, mighty neighborly, great campaign, great initiative. You know what was awesome to me about it? It was actually about the body of Christ showing up for people in the midst of an awkward, weird, transitionary time as they come to a new community. And you as a church saying, we see you. We care about you. We love you. What does it look like for us to continue our journeys of growth and maturity, to actually less and less be defined by the circumstances that will not change and lean into our identity in Christ. I, mean, I love this quote as well, and then I'll wrap up. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. I mean, it didn't come up here, um, and I don't know if, you know, Professor Preston has dropped this one. You know, when he first told me about this sermon series, he said, it's like, we're exploring anthropology. Have you dropped this one for the community? A little bit? You're like sneaking it in? I like it. You know, I'm poking fun, and that's just because we're friends. But I, so I'm going to speak to you right now, Preston. I'm reminded in this moment, and as I was preparing for this sermon, there actually can be no anthropology without appropriate Christology. So, Professor, you think about that one. <laughs> we can't actually talk about what does it mean to be fully human without fully acknowledging who Jesus is. And friends, some of us have forgotten the truth of who Jesus is. I want to close with this. I read this every once in a while. The truth of Jesus' multifaceted identity. Are you ready? It's going to drop. Jesus is the Savior, the Seer, the Incarnation, the Radical, the Liberator, the Lover, the Warrior, the Pacifist, the Teacher, the Philosopher, the Ethicist, the Healer, the Theologian, the Son, the Friend, the Prophet, the High Priest, the creator, the genius, the poet, the lamb of God, the atonement, the hope, the bread, the way, the word, the shepherd, the true vine, the new wine, the resurrection and the life. Are you with me? 
the light of the world, the second Adam, the firstborn from the dead, the judge, the miracle worker, the temple, the river, the living water, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the king of kings, the Lord of all lords, the rock, the rose, the star, the lion, the friend of sinners, the image of the invisible God. The complexity and the beauty of the one and only, the word became flesh, the one who moved into the neighborhood full of grace and truth. In the face of life's disruption, what's orienting you? How big, how vast is your understanding of the goodness and faithfulness of our God? I don't know. There was a cultural reference in there, but it was like gone from a Marvel movie. Friends, we gather on Sunday mornings to reorient our lives to the gift of community, to the truth of who God is and how he's at work in our world. And to whatever extent we do that faithfully, I think that's at least an 80% run at being a healthy church. So keep it up. Keep leaning into the truth of who God is and how he's at work here in Chestermere and in our world. Keep loving people along the way. As I said to churches throughout the pandemic, look to Jesus, be the church. That's it. That's it. Let's pray. God, in your goodness, your spirit's at work. And sometimes the noise, the wind, the waves, when they're there, they distract us. And I'm reminded and have been reminded throughout this morning of the, the experience of the prophet. And he was looking, he was seeking, he was listening for your voice. And was it in the wind? No. And God, was it in the fire? No. It was in the whisper. And I wonder, Lord, what are you whispering into this community's life this morning? Jesus, I have actually very little doubt that there are people in this room that need to be reminded and renewed in hearing your whisper of, you are loved. You are called. You are kept. You are chosen. You are my beloved. You are forgiven. You have purpose. And so, Spirit, move. You do. Forgive me, forgive us when we don't see it and join you in it. Pray blessing, uh, beauty, goodness, truth, power that would flow uh, from you through Lake Ridge to Chestermere, to Alberta, across Canada for the sake of your world.
forgive us when we're um, so preoccupied and self-focused that we don't see your presence with us in the boat. Help us this day. Amen. A benediction? Wasn't that sermon good enough? Like, <laughs> was that like an encore? <laughs> Whatever. I'll give you a benediction. It's like my version, like, this is what I actually miss about pastoring a local church is the banter and like the ability to just look people in the eye and like, let's just be honest about what's going on here. But friends, as you go out into your week, hear this. That our Heavenly Father, who put creation in place, He loves you. And Jesus, the Son, who at this very moment sits in the command center of the universe, He sees you. He's with you. He's for you. And His heart beats grace. Oh, the Spirit. God's empowering presence that fell on Pentecost and released the church. Has it lost its power? No. It's here. And it is moving in us and through us for the sake of the world. So give God the glory and live full lives, fully alive to his work in the world. Amen? Amen. Have a great week.